Anytime that God is fixing to do something big, always remember, the enemy's going to always try to fight it. We notice here in verses 2 through 6, and I know we didn't read them, but I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things here, and then we'll get into the message. We notice in verse number 2, it says, And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, speaking of Jesus. We notice in verse number 3, Then entered Satan into Judas, your name Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. We notice in verse number 6, And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So right in the middle of Jesus, fixing to sit down with his disciples, they was going to break bread, which was unleavened bread. They was fixing to drink the cup, which represents the blood of the Passover lamb. And they was fixing to have this ordinance, and they was fixing to have this Passover feast Jesus and his disciples, right in the middle of all of that fixing to happen, boy, the devil sure is fighting. He has a group of people wanting to kill Jesus. He has Satan that has entered into Judas' heart, and he has already got in his mind a way. How can I betray him? How can I set him up? How can I go about doing all of this? Right in the middle of this table talk, there's evil that is surrounding The whole scene. But I want to point out something to you, and I think it's very obvious in the text that we read. Number one, I want you to think about this. There was preparation that was made. In verses 7 through 13, we see that Jesus gives instructions to two of his disciples. And he tells them, says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down into the city. I want you to find that one that is carrying that pitcher of water. And when you find that one that is carrying that pitcher of water now, boys, I want you to follow him and I want you to follow him into his house. And when you get into his house, this is what you're going to have to say to him now. And he said, this is exactly what you need to say. And when you follow him, the one carrying the pitcher, and you follow him and you say the right things, he is going to lead you to a a big guest chamber. And when you get into that chamber, when you get into that room, it's there where I want you to start setting up this Passover meal that we're fixing to have. I preached Wednesday night and the Lord led me back to it in this scripture right here. And I want to share this with you because you need to hear this. If you don't hear anything else that is preached this morning, you can't miss this part. If the Lord, through His Holy Spirit or through the Word of God or even in prayer, if God ever leads you to do something for Him, whatever, listen... Please listen. Whatever you do, don't miss the little details. Don't miss the details. Because if God's leading you to do something and God has put something in your heart or in your mind, God has a purpose or he'd have never given it to you to do. But our problem is, let me correct that. My problem is, is so many times in life, I will feel that God is leading me in an area. I will feel that God is leading me to do something. And if I'm not very careful, once I get into it so far, then I will begin to start thinking and say, well, I think when I get there, I'll do this instead of doing what God told me to do. Now, I don't know who this is for. 
But I know it's for somebody. Whatever it is that the Lord has laid on your heart to do, you make sure that you do it exactly the way He told you to do it. Don't mess that up. You hearing me? Don't mess that up. And you know what? I almost did this morning. I was sitting up here. Service is going. The Lord's a moving. I was walking around. I sit right here. There's a thought come to me. Get Miss Lisa on to come down and pray so that some folks can pray with her. In my mind, I'm going, I'm not calling her down here to come pray. I'm not doing that. What if it embarrasses her? What if, what if she goes, no. What if she says, me? I'm sitting here and I'm trying in my mind to figure out how you're going to do this. How am I supposed to do that? And the Lord dealt with me. Just ask her to come down and pray. She needs prayer and her boys needs prayer. That close. That close. I'm not following simple instructions. Very, very simple instructions. I want to share a testimony. Then we'll get on into this message. I'm not going to be real long this morning. I never will forget, I was preaching a revival in Haywood County. I shared this Wednesday night. And I was preaching this revival in Haywood County and the night before I went for that night of the revival, I was praying and this thought come to me. Ask if anyone in the service has someone that is lost. This thought come to me. There's going to be a lady raise her hand. This thought. And when the lady raises her hand, ask her and the other ladies that want to go with her to go see that lost family member while the revival service is going on. Then here was the detail. Tell the husband he needs to stay in the service and not go with them women. That was the detail. I never will forget it, Zach. I get there. You know what's happening. I'm nervous. Is this God? Is it not God? Is it me? What am I doing? Does that make sense? Do you do it? Do you not do it? All right, well, just throw it out there. Is there anyone in the revival service tonight who has someone that is lost? This lady raises her hand. And I say, would you want to go see her right now? Started crying. Yes, yes, yes. I'll go see her right now. It's my daughter. I said, any ladies in the church that wants to go with her? Lady, lady, lady. All right, all you ladies, why don't y'all get together? We'll, we'll pray while you're gone. And you ladies, you go. And you go talk to her daughter and tell her about Jesus. And the husband says, I'll drive. And I go, okay, okay. And he's going to drive you. And so all you ladies, he's going to drive you. And so y'all go with them. Talking about a disaster. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and when they come back, that service turned into a disaster. And in my mind, I thought, God, I thought you told me to do that. I thought that was the instructions that you give. And God, and it didn't turn out right. I mean, this thing turned into a disaster. It was several days later when this thought came to me. You didn't follow the instructions. You didn't follow the instructions. 
I gave you simple instructions and you didn't follow the instructions. How big is the details with God? (laughs) I'm asking you, how big are the details with God? They're big. And when God deals with you about something, says, hey, go here. When you get there, say, you say, God's never done that to me. He has done it to you. You just ain't been listening close enough. But when the Lord does direct our path and when he shows us what to do and he shows us where to go and he tells us what to say and when we get there, whatever you do, don't mess up the details. Follow it. And then watch how God can bless. If you're with me, say amen. God's going to lead somebody in here. He's going to lead you. He is fixing to lead you. And I pray you follow the details. So we see here is the setup. It's all set up now. These, these two disciples, they follow the details. They follow the man with the picture. They're in the room. Everything is there. And then Jesus begins to pass the juice and, or, or the wine. And Jesus begins to break the bread. And, and all of the Passover celebration is, is taking place. And then something very important is said in verse 21. Look at it. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Uh Uh-oh. The table talk. I want all you men to know something that right here in our midst, sitting at this table, there's one that's going to betray me. It don't say it here in the book of Luke, but it says it in one of the other gospels. The disciples begin to look at Jesus and they begin to say, is it I? Is it I? Is it me, Lord? Am I I the one that's going to do it? Am I the one, God? Is it me? Is it I? Is it I? So here we sit. The table talk has begun. But I want you to notice the picture of self and the picture of sin. In verses 23 and 24. I want you to notice some words. I'm going to emphasize them when I read them. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also a a strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. (laughs) Oh my Isn't it amazing that if Jesus Christ in bodily form was in our church this morning, isn't it amazing that some of us would want to make it about us and not about him? Isn't it amazing that when when, when we go through life and we're dealing with things in life and there's situations in life, isn't it amazing that if I'm not careful and you're not careful and when we're dealing with this and we're facing that and we're going through this, isn't it amazing instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, we always want to look at ourselves to see where we're at in all of it. Let me remind us this morning. You know the reason why that choir sung the way they did? It's because of Jesus. You know why that special was the way that it was? It was because of Jesus. 
You know the reason why these people come down here and prayed and God's already blessed them? It was because of Jesus. And can I tell you, if anybody gets anything out of this message, it's not going to be because of me and because of my study. It's going to be because Jesus. And if you leave out of here, you say, man, that was good. It ain't going to be because of anything else, but because of Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning? So get your eyes off everybody else and just keep your eyes on Jesus. That'll help us. And here we are. We're sitting at the table with Jesus. And the next thing you know, them old boys got to talking about, oh no, somebody's not doing good. But instead of talking about who's not going to do good, let's start talking about which one of us is going to be the greatest while we're sitting here with him. Oh my. He goes on and he begins to explain to them who's going to be the greatest. Can I say to you this morning, you know who's the greatest among us? Is that one that picked up that piece of trash off the floor when they come in. They're considered some of the greatest. That one who held the door open for someone else, that's, that's some of those that's considered the greatest. That one that scooted over and let somebody get your seat, that's some of the ones that's considered the greatest. What we need to be reminded is, I'm going to tell you who's the greatest among us. The greatest among us are those who are the servants among us. That's the greatest among us. (laughs) Oh, but I'd rather just sit up here on the kingdom right beside you, Lord. I'd rather just sit up here and rule and reign with you. Well, he says that'll happen one day. It goes on down the scriptures, it teaches that. What's going on at this table? What are they talking about at this table? What's going on while they're sitting there eating unleavened bread and drinking this cup? What's Jesus trying to tell them? But what are they hearing? It's interesting. They began to inquire among themselves. That means they was discussing it. They was disputing. They was questioning. Them should do this. Verse 24, them should be. He says, uh, which one is a count of the greatest? That means that was to be, but it also means I'm lusting after. I've got this real deep lust in my heart. I want to be the greatest. The greatest means big. It means high. It also means elder. Christ is so interested in them. Listen how the Lord dealt with me about writing this down. Christ is so interested in them. Show them, teach them, Love them. And we're getting ready to get into it next and we'll be finished. And he's fixing to warn them. You know what they're interested in? Them. (laughs) Christ loves them. Shows them. Warns them. And all they're interested in is them. Who can say amen to what a Savior? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Oh, the last thought, and I'll be done this morning. Then we're going to do something special. We not only see a picture of self, but in verses 31 through 34, we see Peter and Satan. Don't miss this. And the Lord said, this table talk now. We're just sitting at the table. If you're with me on that, shake your head. We're just sitting at the table. Jesus is just talking. And he says, uh, he said, Simon, Simon. I preached a message that's been over a year or two ago, and I'm going to give you a little study that I think you'd really enjoy. 
It's not hard to do. You can look it up on your phone. You can look it up on your tablet. You can look it up anywhere you want to look it up. It makes it real simple. But, but find everywhere in the Bible that Jesus said someone's name twice like that. And when you find that, you're going to find some very interesting scriptures that goes with it. Because when Jesus says their name twice, he's fixing to drop a big old truth bomb on them. He's fixing to say something that's really, really important. Like, verily, verily. You ever read your Bible where it says, verily, verily? He says, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Table talk. Wow. He's drawn the attention now to Peter. And Jesus is showing Simon Peter something. You know what he's showing him? Don't miss this. Jesus is fixing to show Simon Peter Satan's desire for his life. Now you and I, now, now I'm, not, I'm not trying to get crazy on you this morning, but this is just a fact. You and I, all that we can see is in the physical realm. But let me remind all of us, Jesus can also see in the invisible realm. Jesus not only sees what's going on here, but Jesus sees what you and I can't see, what Satan is trying to work that we can't even see. But the good part about it is God sees it all. And he says this, he says, Simon, Simon, I'm going to give you a little glimpse of what's going on in the invisible world, Simon. He said, I want you to know this. He said, Satan has a desire, a desire. And his desire is to shake you at the core. Think about what's already happened. Satan's already entered in the heart of Judas Iscariot. and He's, he's, he's getting ready to go betray him. And now... Satan is trying to destroy, shake Simon Peter. When's the last time sitting around at the table? When's the last time you was with people that you loved? When was the last time that you reminded each other? Man, it's good to be saved. It's good to be in church. Man, I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my in-laws. I love my grandbabies. But let's just talk while we're sitting at the table just for a few minutes. And let's don't ever forget Satan's desire for our lives. Satan's desire is to shake us and destroy us and to scatter us. Don't ever forget while you're sitting at the table talking, don't ever forget that Satan come to steal, kill, and destroy. You ever talked about that at the table? Jesus did. Jesus did. Notice Peter's reaction. Look at verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both in the prison and to death. Let me make a little point right here and then we'll finish up. Did you know that Jesus' warning did not affect Peter at all? (laughs) Jesus' warning didn't even speak to Peter. Jesus' warning didn't even move him because he said, hey, look, I'm good. I'll go with you to prison. I'll die with you. I'll do whatever it is, God. 
And Jesus is saying, Simon, Simon, listen, son, Satan desires to shake you. Oh, good. See, Jesus seen what Peter didn't see. Jesus knew that within the day, within the day, Peter was going to be standing, warming himself by fire, saying, I don't know this man. Saying, hey, 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 wait a minute. I don't know this man. What do you mean, I don't know this man? And then you know what he heard? Somebody do it. That's a pretty good rooster. Say, <laughs> like, man, we was over at Pleasant Hill and I heard a rooster in that building. Jesus knows Satan's desires. You say, yeah, but uh, what are we going to do, Keith? The power of darkness is very strong. But let me remind all of us, and please hear this, the power of prayer is stronger. The power of prayer is stronger. Right here in just a few minutes, we're going to call Miss Juliet Claire up here. That's the grandbaby right down here. My family's here. Natalie's family's here. And we're fixing to call her up here. We're going to come up here here in a few minutes. We're going to pray around her. What are you going to do that for? Because the power of prayer is stronger. The power of prayer is stronger. We're fools to think. Hey, we're sitting at the table. We might as well get real. We're fools to think that Satan don't want to destroy our families. We're fools to think that Satan don't want to destroy my family. You say, oh, but you're the preacher. It don't matter who you are. Satan's desire is to sift you as wheat, to shake you at the very core. Oh, preacher, what are we going to do? We're going to pray like we ain't never prayed before. We're going to pray because we realize there's power in prayer. Because you know what Jesus said to Simon Peter right here? Look at it. But I prayed for thee. I prayed for thee. Jesus prayed for him. The love of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the compassion of Christ. We see the plan of Satan. But boy, we see the power of God. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your nation. If you don't think our nation needs prayer, something's wrong with you. Pray for your churches. Pray for your neighborhoods. Pray. Pray, Lord, do a work that only you can do. Pray. Pray that their faith fails not. That means to cease. Notice this in the next couple of words. And when thou art converted. What does that mean, when thou art converted? That means to revert. It means to come again. It means to turn again. You say, you believe Peter lost his salvation? No. What Jesus is praying is, is that boy, when you get down here, and Satan's done shook you real good to the core, He said, don't you ever forget, when you look up, Peter, I'll be looking at you. (laughs) 
Peter might have took his eyes off the Lord, but the Lord never took his eyes off of Peter. Can I say that again? Peter might have took his eyes off the Lord, but the Lord never took his eyes off of Peter. He ain't never took his eyes off you neither. And he's saying, hey, Peter, when you get down there, boy, and you're warming up by that fire down there and you get all in a gum and you get all messed up. He said, well, if you look up, he said, when that old rooster crows, he said, if you look up, he said, I'm going to be looking at you, Peter. And he said, whenever, whenever you realize what you've done, he said, I pray, you'll just turn around and head back. I just pray you'll turn around and you'll head on back. And when you get back, he said, whatever you do, when you get back, he said, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen them. He said, be strong. Be steadfast. Be steady, Peter. Strengthen them, boys, when you get back. What did he tell them over there when they come into that empty tomb, George? He preached it. Go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm risen. Strengthen them, boys, Peter. Strengthen them up. Tell them how good it is to be saved and tell them how good it is to follow Jesus and tell them how good it is and remind them the next time you boys are sitting around at the table, I'm going to be up in heaven, but the next time you boys are sitting around the table, always remember this. We got to follow the details when he gives them to us, boys. And always remember this. It ain't about you. Hey, John, it ain't about you. And it ain't about me. It's about Jesus. Hey, listen, he's done risen. He's done sent the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. But while we're talking about it, boys, let's remember what we talked about at the table. Follow the details. It's all about Jesus. And remember, we have got to pray one for another because if we don't, you get down there near that fire, you might not ever want to come back. Amen. Yes, sir. That's good for you. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray. Can I share just a touch of what you shared with me yes, this morning? Sir, Are you sure? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Old Tim, he uh, he been working a lot, been gone on a lot of Sundays, and then they've been a lot of weeks. He just didn't want to be here. He was talking to me this morning. He said, "Preacher." I was driving his car for this person and he said, I turned the car on and he said the song that was playing was Victory in Jesus by the Primitives. And he said the whole time I was driving that car and I was listening to Victory in Jesus, he said there was something stirring up in me. You know what was stirring up in him? Come on back home, boy. That was what was stirred up in him. Come on back home. Turn around and get on back to the house. Amen. Just come on back. And he said, preacher, it's so good to be here this morning. He said, I'm off every Sunday from here on out. And I said, no more excuses. No more. Yes, sir. See, (laughs) Satan deceives. He manipulates. He even seduces. And he uses any means possible to do it. To get you and I down by the wrong fire. Warming our hands by the wrong fire saying, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know who he is. And then you hear it. Somebody give it to me again. You hear it. What happened to my rooster? Did it it leave? There it is. 
And you look up and you see he's looking at you and you're like, I'm headed home. I'm headed home. Miss Gina. I'm interested this morning. Wouldn't it be one that wants to come and pray and says, God, I know you've given me some instructions. Help me to follow them. Every little detail. Does anyone need to come and pray? And would there be one that needs to come and pray this morning and says this, God, help me to keep my eyes on you and to get my eyes off of who's doing bad and to get my eyes off who thinks they're doing good. Because if we're not careful, we'll sit at that table and all we'll look at is Judas, the one's doing bad. And if we're not careful, we'll sit at that table and all we're looking at is ourselves. Lord, I'm coming this morning. I'm praying. God, help me to get my eyes off of me and help me to get my eyes back on you. God, I'm coming this morning to pray because I know the desire of the enemy is to destroy my family. God, I'm coming to pray this morning and I'm going to seriously pray. God, put a hedge of protection around our family, God. Please do that for my family. If you need to come pray, you come on while she plays. That's just some of the things that was talked about around the table. Table talk. Table talk. We could call this message Table Talk with Jesus. He's just telling us what matters. He's just reminding us. And He's warning us. And he's teaching us. I've prayed for thee. Pray. Pray one for another. Whatever you do, church, pray. So I don't know what to do about this situation. Pray. I don't know how it's ever going to be fixed. Pray. If you knew where they was at, preacher, pray. Pray. There's power in prayer. Pray.